You're listening to Youth Matters on 1FM 98.5. Warning, the following program raises issues of domestic violence. If this program raises concerns with you, help is available. You can call 1-800-RESPECT, that's 1-800-737-732, that's 1-800-737-732. That's available 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. And remember, if you do find yourself in immediate danger, please call 000 for police and ambulance help. Welcome back to Women's Hour on 1FM with Cadence. Today I'm playing a lot of songs from the 2010s. Not that long ago, but you may have forgotten some of these classics, so I'll be playing a few today. Today I'm interviewing someone special. Today, telling her story, a woman named Holly, who is bravely sharing her story of domestic violence. She hopes to help other women by doing this interview today. Just a warning that today's program is a sensitive topic and may be hard to hear for some listeners. But before the interview, the songs I have for you is Macklemore, Can't Hold Us, Zara Larson, Lush Life, and Pink, So What? 1FM 98.5. Real people. Real music. Real radio. Today I have Holly with me and she's here to share her story about domestic violence. How are you today? Good, thanks, Cadence. How are you? I'm good. I'm very happy that you're coming on to share your story, and I just want to say thank you for being on with me today. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. All right, so I want to ask, with your ex, did you notice any red flags beforehand that you then realised it was domestic violence afterwards? Absolutely. So we'd known each other since we were 14 and 16, Mm -hmm. um, and we were friends up until I was 30, Um, Then we started seeing each other when I was 30. There were red flags all along the way. He was incredibly jealous, jealous of um, friends that I had that were male, but also jealous of friends that I had who were female if I spent too much time with them. He would have incredibly dark moods over different things that happened. So I wouldn't really know at the time what would trigger him, but it was like a dark cloud just came over. So it could be something as simple as a friend talking about a boy that I'd kissed in high school or... And he would get angry at you for that? The dark mood would happen, so he wouldn't get angry at the moment that it was happening, but he would later on that night, he'd be really quiet. As I sort of had been with him longer, I would realise what it was. But when I first started seeing him, I didn't know what it was until he would come out and say I didn't like that someone was talking that you'd kiss this boy when you were 14. And so he would blame you for that and make it kind of your fault would you say or? Yeah Mm. or it would ruin a night. Mm. Um, I didn't really understand why something I'd done at 14, 15, 16 when I was a teenager um, had anything to do with our relationship. Car Travel was horrible, whereas Mm. with my new partner, going in the car is fun, going away is fun, going out with friends is fun. Um, I can say whatever I want in front of my new partner and we laugh about things. I can, when I, you know, when I was with my ex-partner, if I was watching TV and there was um, a good-looking newsreader or, or someone in a movie and I said that man's attractive or he's he's a bit of okay Mm. he would get so angry whereas when I would look at other relationships people would say that 
Mm. And and it was fine. Like, and it's just a joke and they understand and abs- whatnot. Absolutely. So, yeah, being with my new partner is like a breath of fresh air. Um, I just, I feel like this is what it's supposed to be. And, and you feel like you didn't realise that at the time when you were with your past relationship? Yeah, I thought that the arguments that we had Although I knew they weren't completely normal, I just assumed, well, couples have arguments and mm-hmm. this this is the relationship and I love him, so, you know, I need to make it work. Whereas now that I'm in a healthy relationship, it's, it's just light and fresh and happy and easy. Um, we've been together for almost three years now and have probably had a, a couple of disagreements, but have been adult and able to deal with those by you know talking to each other yeah and it not just dragging on and on and on how long can i ask were you with your ex-partner so married at 36 i was 36 that was six years and then i left him when i was 41 so yeah, yeah 11 years all up when you left him do you feel like you had much support from friends family maybe an organization do you feel like you've had that support around you yeah when i left him it was during lockdown um and i rang 1800 respect and they just validated how i was feeling before that i hadn't heard of the word control in a relationship so the woman i spoke to said this is control and she yeah she was very clear about that um from there that at he had gone away um, the night that night, and then I called one eight hundred respect after he left. The next morning, I got up and packed a bag and went and stayed in Melbourne with a friend. So I think at that stage we'd actually just come out of the first lockdown. Yeah. So I was able to go and stay with a friend, and then that weekend when I was staying with the friend, I didn't come home on the Saturday night. Yeah. He then was texting me, I think I got 80 text messages on the Saturday night through till the Sunday morning. So they were during the night. Yeah. um, Up until six o'clock in the morning. Mm -hmm. The next day was Sunday. I continued to get messages from him all day. I think I got 75 on the Sunday. He called my dad or messaged my dad saying, this is what's going on. I'm worried about her. Um, my dad then called me, what's going on? And I'd sort of protected my family about the situation for a long time. So You didn't want to bring them into it? Is that what it... Yeah. I didn't want to upset them. I didn't want to worry them. There's four... Uh, I have two brothers and a sister. Mm-hmm. Um, and they had had some issues over the last... Over, around that time. So I didn't want... I didn't want to burden them yeah. with them worried about me as well. So then I had to tell them that this is what had been happening. They were really upset. You know, my dad's old. He has Parkinson's. Yeah. It was just, they didn't need it. And I thought I could deal with it on my own. Then that Sunday night, he uh, sent another message and said this, with all these messages he'd been sending, I hadn't really responded apart from saying that I was safe and I was staying with my friend who he knew. Yeah. Then that night he sent me a message that said, 
this is a last attempt to save our marriage and he sent me uh, screenshots of my diary entries from diaries that I'd written as a teenager. Oh my goodness. Yeah, so they were diary entries of a you know, 14, 15, 16 year old where yeah. I had kissed a boy and I had a boyfriend so I'd done the wrong thing and he was... Back when you were in high school? Yes. Oh yeah. my gosh. So he'd gone, I wrote a diary from when I was 12 until 19 mm -hmm. and yes, that felt horrible that he'd gone through them all. I can imagine. Yeah. yeah. So I w he'd also called my dad again and said that he just wanted to make sure that I was okay and that I was with someone because he'd done something that he thought was going to upset me, but it, he was doing it to save our marriage. So he was justifying his actions towards your family and to you and trying to make it seem like it was okay. Would a you say that? Absolutely. Yeah. That he hadn't done the wrong thing, that he was just doing it to save our marriage. I have no idea what he meant by that. He was always a snoop. He would go through my phone. He would, he hacked my Facebook. So he would invade your privacy often? Yes, a hundred percent. Yep. He would ask, after he had gone through my Facebook, I deleted the account. And then I was on Instagram and he would ask to, can I have your phone so I can look through what you're putting up on Instagram. I came back from a holiday once and he said he'd looked at my Instagram on his sister's account and he was angry with me because I was in Bali by myself. Someone had said, who are you over there with? I'd said, I'm solo, you should come, come and visit me. Yeah. And it was a female friend that was actually one of his friends. And she, she, we were joking, she had a newborn baby. Oh, um, sweet, yeah. So she wasn't coming to Bali, she's in Australia. And he said that by me saying I'm here solo was advertising to everybody on Instagram that I was single. Oh my goodness. But I was married to him. Um, so when I got back from that trip, the dark mood again, I didn't know what I'd done wrong. It took a couple of days for me to work out or for him to tell me and explain that that's what it was. Mm -hmm. So during the time that he would be in these moods, I was walking on eggshells. I'd constantly. Constantly, constantly trying to bring him up or work out what it was that had triggered him. Um, and then I'd find out it was something like that and couldn't believe it. Just couldn't believe this strange way of thinking. Mm. I would say to him, let's get counselling together. Um, I'd seen psychologists in the past yeah. with, for other reasons. And yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't, he just didn't want to do it. He, he said, didn't want to go to counselling with you? No. So marriage counselling? Yeah, no, yeah. he didn't. He said that he wasn't very good at explaining his feelings and that I was good at explaining my feelings and we didn't need somebody who knew nothing about us to interfere in our marriage. Right. So from what I've heard, you did report this. Can I ask your experience with reporting this? Absolutely. So after I left him, it was seven weeks of him texting me up to 150 times a day, mm. which was hard they would and people were saying why don't you block him 
at that point we were living in our home two weeks on two weeks off so I'd be there for two weeks then I'd go and stay with friends and family and then he would be there for two weeks after seven weeks of constant abusive messages I and I did contact his family during this time and asked them to come and help him they said he was telling them that he was fine and that he was just having some marital problems so his family knew nothing about his behaviour towards you? I told them Yeah. in the end um, that this, without going into too much detail to them, mm. I did tell them that he was sending these messages and that things hadn't been very good with us definitely for the last three years after, before I left. I sent them the messages he was, sent, was sending me. They were incredibly disturbing and strange. And as I said, they just said that, he was telling them that he was fine. I then went to the police. Uh, friends and family kept saying, you need to go and report this. You need to get an intervention order. It's not okay. It's not right that he's texting you this many times a day. And he would sort of alternate between texting and emailing. He would email my family horrible things, my friends horrible things. Um, so I reported it and after, when I remember going in to the police station and the officer I spoke to was fantastic and he, at the end of the interview, after I'd made the statement, I burst into tears um, I, and the officer was lovely, got me tissues and said, you know, what's, what, what is it that's making you so upset now? And I said it was the fact that I'd had to do this, that it had yeah. come to that. I never wanted to go to the police. I just wanted him to stop. And to leave you alone. And that was just all you needed. To leave me alone. And mm. I constantly would say in the, you know, let's say he texts 150 times a day. I might text him, might respond to three of the texts. And in those text messages, I asked him continuously to stop. Please stop contacting me, um, which he didn't. So, yeah, the officer um, put the, uh, well, served the papers. Um, we thought, the officer and I both thought that that would be the end of it, and it wasn't. So once that order was in place, he continued to breach it. Um, it went on after that for three years. So we're coming up to it, yes, it's over three years now. He had some... And, some court appearances in August and there were hundreds of charges. Yeah. Yeah. What would you say to other women who want to report it? I would say if you go to one police station and you feel like you're not getting the help that you need, go to a different one. Um, it's so important to report it, to create that paper trail if anything happens. I mean, this is statistic of one woman in Australia per week dies from domestic violence yeah. is scary. And although I think I'm safe, I don't know. I don't know who he is anymore. So I've dealt with a lot of police officers um, who have been incredibly helpful. And I was given some advice from somebody else about just creating the paper trail so if something did happen to me, I did everything I possibly could to protect myself by going to the police and reporting 
the incredibly disturbing behavior. I'd also say to women, um, if you are considering leaving, get your passport, birth certificates, any other documents that are important to you because if they've got that control, then they might hide those sorts of things, making it harder for you in the long run. Yeah, so you would definitely recommend 1-800-RESPECT then, I would, from your experience. Yeah, look, I'd recommend that as a start. I also saw a psychologist as well, and it just makes you feel validated having a counsellor say, you know, someone outside, it's great to talk to friends and family as well, but having someone who listens to your story that has nothing to do with you personally is it makes you feel validated that what this person has done to you is not okay and yeah. and naming it like I'd never really heard of control before until I spoke to the lady at 1800 respect and then had it re reconfirmed with my psychologist yeah well I just want to say thank you so much for coming on and sharing all of this I want to say that you are so brave for coming on and talking about this with me. Is there anything you'd like to add on for other women or to tell me or? I would just say to women, if you are seeing red flags in your relationship, don't ignore them. I ignored them for a really, really long time. I made excuses for his behavior and it, didn't end well so yeah I, I kind of I don't like to be to say that I have regrets but there's a little part of me that just has that that small regret that I didn't leave earlier because my life is so much better now without him in it so yeah don't give up yep thank you so much for coming on pleasure thanks Cadence thank you 1FM 98.5 real people real music Real radio. So you were talking to me about how you would think there should be education in schools for younger boys and how to treat women, things like consent and stuff like that. So what would you say about that? I think that educating boys as young as primary school and and educating them that women deserve respect. Everyone deserves respect, but I just think with a lot of the relationships that you hear about, it's the men that is the perpetrator and the woman that is the victim. Yeah, absolutely. Which I think if we can we can get into these boys' minds as young as primary school and let them know that it's not okay. It's not okay to control the woman or hurt a woman physically. It's important to respect a woman. And I think that will then have that domino effect into when they're, they're older as well and they're in relationships. I think too, men need to look at their behaviors in a relationship. And think maybe, hey, like maybe this is wrong. Maybe I shouldn't do this, things like that. Yeah, just words are so powerful. So I think with physical abuse, if someone's been hit, then you've got that, that you know, people understand that that's a really horrible thing to happen to someone and that is completely unacceptable. We, we all know that. When it comes to control and emotional abuse where it's the words that's hurting, it's, it's harder to monitor, it's harder to provide evidence um, if somebody's just called you a horrible name, but words are strong. Um, 
if somebody says something really horrible to you, it, it sticks and it hurts. So I think men and women need to be really careful with, with their words and consider what you're saying. And if you do say something that's, that's not very nice, then apologize for it, talk it through. But also say to any men or women who are in relationships and you're having difficulties, go and get some counseling. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't, but at least you tried. Going back to the primary school thing, what do you think about the boys will be boys and he's only hitting you because he likes you? I think that is disgraceful. I think that, I agree. yeah, if you hit somebody, you, you should be punished for that, whether mm. it's a day off school or researching um, nicer ways to deal with things if you're angry. I just, I don't think, I, I think school should have zero tolerance on on absolutely yeah yeah children well you know it doesn't just have to be boys being nasty to girls or boys hurting girls overall there should be yeah zero tolerance on violence yeah the golden valley's best mix of music with a little bit of something for everyone one fm Sponsor. Goulburn Valley Ag is proud to be an official distributor of TransTank International products across our region. Diesel refuelling tanks, three-point linkage sprayers, UTV sprayers, water cartridge tanks and more right here at GVA. TTI Liquid Transport Tank Solutions are designed for many applications, including field, farm, fire, cartage and industrial work with the durability and workmanship that provides you with peace of mind when working in rugged Australian conditions. To see the full range, visit goulburnvalleyag.com.au or give the team a call on 58325500. One of them sponsor. You know the garden could do with a makeover, so what are you waiting for? Cleves Garden Supplies have got everything you need to get the job done, and they're open seven days a week. Coloured mulches, decorative pebbles, river stones, crushed rocks, sands, gravel, sleepers, topsoils, pavers, you name it, they've got it. They'll deliver small loads and big loads straight to your door. Drop in and see them at 20 Wanganui Road, Shepparton, or give them a call. 58212 That's 58212 1FM sponsor. Welcome back to Women's Hour on 1FM. So we've had Holly on with a great interview today where she bravely shared her story. I know she'll be listening to this tonight, so I just want to thank her for coming on. If anyone is listening who feels like they need support, you can always call 1-800-RESPECT, which is 1-800-737-732. 
There is also onside.com.au for domestic family violence. If there is an emergency, please contact triple zero. So as most of you know, I usually do a quote of the week. This week's quote is kindness makes you rare by Hemsis. Thank you for listening to Women's Hour this afternoon. And lastly, we have Ed Sheeran, Supermarket Flowers and Lord Royals. If this program raises concerns with you, help is available. You can call 1-800-RESPECT. That's 1-800-737-732. That's 1-800-737-732. That's available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And remember, if you do find yourself in immediate danger, please call triple zero for police and ambulance help. You've been listening to a 1FM podcast.